Support for this program comes from Room 816, the handmade arts and crafts space, with everything from unique t-shirts, pillows, acrylic artwork, fabric dolls, and more, including a new line of fresh oil skin products. Start your holiday shopping today in Room 816, the place for one-of-a-kind original finds on Etsy and Facebook. Welcome to Speak On It, the podcast where the creatives tell their stories about what they do and how they do it. I'm Felicia Hodges, and today I'm here with Dana Milwaukee. Correct. Author of The Anxiety Diaries, a diary and a memoir about 2019, a year that she describes as one of the worst ever. It began as an experiment to write every day and touches on her life as a mother, a wife, a poet, a feminist, and a humanitarian. Welcome to the podcast, Dana. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm oh, so excited. Glad to, glad that you're here. So tell us a bit about yourself. Okay, um, I am a writer. Um, I have been writing since I was, I want to say, eight or nine years old. I remember writing on my mom's typewriter. And I made like a little newspaper for our family talking about the different things that were going on in our household. Um, and I told like my first story and my mom was like, okay, this is good. Don't just sit at the typewriter and think though, maybe you should try and come up with a story and then come sit down at the typewriter. Um, and I get my writing gene from my mama because she is a writer herself. And I have always been a lover of books. I've been reading as long as I can remember. And I decided to finally take writing seriously. Like I want to be a writer and I want that to be who I am, but I finally decided that I am a writer a few years ago, and now here I am. I'm an author. When I was a teenager and I was an angsty teenager, it really became a big part of my life to use a diary every day and just write about how I felt and, you know, you're all hormonal with the you know, I like this boy and me and my friends are going through this and just, you know, my parents were going through stuff and I, it was a good outlet for me. And it was very therapeutic at the time to just write how I felt. And I still mostly write nonfiction. Like I do a little, I dabble a little bit, but I definitely just like writing about how I feel and what I've gone through. And I started writing poetry um, around the same time when I was in junior high. When I decided that I wanted to be a writer and I wanted to take this craft more seriously, I started to um, write different essays and poetry and stories. And I started just submitting to different places like crazy. Um, and I started documenting this on my Instagram page, all of my rejections. Some of them were very impersonal, like, dear writer, thank you. Some of them were like, dear Dana, we appreciate this, but it didn't fit. I mean, there was a few times where I even submitted to something that wasn't even in the right genre. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And they, they mentioned that. Like, we like this, but this isn't really what we do. Sharing that with people on, the, on Instagram and getting feedback from other people was also pretty awesome because people were very supportive of what I do, like you. And that's how I got my first real writing gig was from you writing about movies, which was another 
huge thing that I always love to do, write about movies and write about books. Um, so yeah, you gave me my first writing job and I'm very grateful for that and thankful. Um, and I still go back and look at my old posts sometimes and I'm like, oh my God, I was, you know, I was the screen queen. That was my thing. Um, but I have transitioned to more so writing about my life, um, being a black woman, being awkward and having insecurities and a lot about mental health. Tell us about anxiety. The first time the, my psychiatrist told me that I had generalized anxiety disorder, I really was just like, okay, it didn't really hit me. Um, but then when I think back to the different times where my anxiety has impacted my life, it really started to, I, I was just like, wow, like I really have been dealing with this for so long. I never really confronted it. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I, you know, when I go out to eat sometimes, I can't eat in public. Like, I'm afraid I'm going to choke. That happens every so often. Oh, that's not a big deal. Or, huh, I get a little nervous on bridges, but, you know, that's not a big deal either. Oh, I don't like to really drive long distance. Or I hate flying. These things happen like once in a blue moon. So to me, they weren't really a big deal. But by the time I had gotten the diagnosis, it was just, it was just so weird to really hear that what I have is something that's diagnosable, that it's something that a whole bunch of other people live with. I have a disorder and I'm still dealing with it. I think that I'm in a much better place than I was then, but my anxiety has stopped me from going certain places, from just doing so much. I feel like I've missed out on so much because my anxiety was telling me that something is gonna go wrong and has just worried me to the point where I just didn't want to do something. I'd rather stay home. And it came to a head in 2019, for sure. I didn't realize that so many other people suffer from it. And that was something that I learned through sharing about it myself. When I started telling like friends and family, which took me a very long time to do, I realized that I know a lot of people that have anxiety or have panic attacks and it's good to know that you're not alone. I follow a lot of different people online that also suffer from things like they have intrusive thoughts and they talk about it. And it's nice to have that connection. And I do sometimes have people that don't suffer from it themselves, but they have a loved one or a relative that does. And I feel like even if they don't suffer from it themselves, you know, they can have a little bit of empathy for those of us that do. Because to be, to love somebody with anxiety the way I have it, you gotta put up, you put up with a lot. My husband has been through a lot just dealing, <laughs> dealing with me and, you know, canceling events and worrying about stuff. And I, I bring this up every so often, but we had a, we were celebrating our third anniversary and we went on a cruise in New York City. We just went on a lunch cruise. And the entire time I was anxious and it was like, it was complete hell for me, but for him too, he couldn't enjoy himself. I was pacing back and forth. Um, I was all sweaty. I was just, I was out of control and I just wanted to get off that boat. And you know, this, we were supposed to be celebrating our anniversary and we couldn't do that because of my anxiety. So he's been through a lot and <laughs> he's such a good guy. And it's, it's hard. If you love somebody with anxiety, you go through it too. There are four children, my stepson, 
Um, he is 15 years old and I have, my oldest daughter is, God, she's seven. <laughs> we have a five-year-old and we have a two-year-old. And when it was just my stepson, Kadir, and it was just me and my oldest, things were just a lot easier. Like it was, I just had one baby on my hip. I was, you know, she went to work with me. I worked at a daycare. My husband worked. Life just kind of was fine. But after the birth of my second daughter, Angel, that's when things really just took a turn. I, I started to, I became a stay-at-home mom. And I never realized how isolating it can be to be a stay-at-home mom. Like, you're just home with your children. I was nursing Angel, so she was very needy. She always wanted to be held. She always wanted to be in my lap. I couldn't even put her down to clean. I couldn't take care of myself physically. Um, I wasn't getting out of the house much. It was very depressing. And that's when my anxiety really started to rev up. That's when I first went and um, decided to seek help and I got that diagnosis. And after that, you know, I felt a little bit better. I, I got on medication and I was like, you know what, I'm going to start my life. I'm going to go back to school you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be Dana again. And then soon after that, I realized I was pregnant with my youngest. Um, and it was honestly a blow. She was a surprise baby. And I just, again, got consumed in motherhood. And it's, you know, I still, now I had another baby who was attached to me and I'm also trying to raise my other children and be a good, a good wife and try and have a little bit of a social life. It's so hard. It's so hard. And my anxiety again suffered. I really feel like that's what sent me into the spiral that happened in my book. Just a lot of postpartum stuff. I had a, I had a complicated um, labor and um, it really, it really messed with me. In the book, Aaliyah, who's two now, she was only a few months old into January. So she was still very needy and it's hard. It's just, it's hard. And I started writing about that as well, because there are so many stay-at-home moms too, who feel like nobody understands them. A lot of people think that being a stay-at-home mom is super easy and you're just, you know, you're chilling in your pajamas. I, I read a Facebook comment the other day and somebody had the nerve to say, how hard, how hard is it to bend over and put, uh, put the DVD in the DVD player? referring to being a stay-at-home mother. That's what it, it came down to. I was floored. And, you know, a lot of people just don't, even I, when I was younger, I was like, oh, I'll never be a stay-at-home mom. I'm going to be a working mom, da da da, da. Um, I didn't realize how much work goes into it, but it's just a job that never ends. It never ends. And that can take a toll on your mental health for sure. So I feel like we need to normalize mommies. Even if you are a stay-at-home mom, you do need a break because it is work. A lot of times it's like, you know, it's all about the baby, the baby, the baby, the baby. But we forget about the mom. Like, I make it a point now if one of my friends is, has their baby, you know, to ask them, how are you feeling? Like, are you getting your rest? Are you getting your sleep? Is your body feeling okay? How are you feeling mentally? Because we kind of forget about them and don't on the baby, which we're supposed to. But we can't forget about mommy. I know that one of the um, anchors for you um, is exercise or has been. You mentioned yoga a bit and meditation. Does that help you as far as life in general, preparing for your day with your children, um, preparing for your life as a student, your life as a writer? How does that fit into your day to day? 
Well, when I first decided I wanted to work out, it was a little hard with my baby because she was so, so needy. So I had to kind of time it so that I was working out when she took a nap. I did a 30-day meditation challenge. And at first, it felt a little tedious, like, oh, God, I got to go meditate. But after a while, it was like something I was looking forward to. And it really is so calming. And I used to like envision like a a safe place and just like um, like my dream kind of office, like what I want my um, she shed to look like. And it was just such a calming thing for my mind and my spirit. And it helped me be like nicer and it helped me have a little bit more patience just to get that mental break. Um, And right now I walk a lot and it's really good for me um, because it's great exercise. And if I want to listen to something like a podcast or music, I can do that. Or I could just enjoy the scenery and just have my own thoughts. And I think that just having time to yourself and moving your body for 30 minutes a day is, is great. And it helps. When you mentioned that you were going to write a memoir and, you know, talk about your life over the, the, the past year, what reactions did you get? Well, my mom is extremely supportive. Um, she also deals with anxiety herself. So I spent a lot of time on the phone with her and she was able to calm me down. She reminded me, you have a support system, you have your husband, you have me, you have people that care about you, you're going to be okay. Sometimes, you know, just hearing you're gonna be okay doesn't do too much. But my mom is really just like my, my safety, my blanket. My sister, we had to, I think she kind of had to see me break down a little bit to really understand. Cause there were a few times where she wanted me to do certain things and I was just like, I can't do it. And it upset her and I, I didn't want to tell her, but she came to realize what I was going through and she gets it now. She totally, and she's very supportive. Um, there were so a few times that I cried to her in 2019 where I was like, I don't know what to do and I'm worried about this. And, and she was supportive and I was, I was very happy about that. And my brother also deals with anxiety as well. So we've been supporting each other. He's very proud of me. Um, like, cause he just saw how I, I turned things around. I, you know, I started working and I stopped with all the daily phone calls and the crying. And I just, I got my, I got my life back together. And he, he made it a point to point that out to me. Like you're, you're doing a lot better. You need to recognize that. So, and I'm very supportive of him too in his mental health journey. So take us through the anxiety diaries. You know, I mean, it's one thing, and you mentioned you, you know, you journaled and, and had a diary for a long time, but the decision to publish that, whole nother story. <laughs> okay. So the idea came from 2016 and 20, or 2016, I bought a diary. It's called a five-year diary. And it's a little book. And it has every day of the year for five years so that you can look back and be like, oh, well, on this day and on May 1st in 2016, I thought this. But in May 1st of 2018, I thought this. And uh, I thought that was really cool to be able to write every day and to look back. I wasn't able to keep up with it, though, after maybe the first couple of months. But then I would try, okay, let me go back and do it again. And that kind of happened for about two years. And then I put the book away. 
And I found it sometime in 2018. And I was looking at it and I was like, oh my God, this is so interesting. And I was dealing with a lot of anxiety back then that I really didn't even realize. Um, And then I was like, let me do something like this on my own terms. So January and February weren't, um, they're a lot shorter than the rest of the book. Um, Because after that, I'm like, why am I limiting myself? I don't need to limit myself. This is, you know, it's my book. This is my life. Um, And originally, I was thinking about calling the book 365, just because, you know, I'm just writing about a year of my life. It's not, it's whatever. Um, And I wasn't even sure that I was going to publish it. I wasn't really sure what I was going to do with it. It was really just kind of an experiment. Um, And I'm a part of a writer's group called the Inkwell. And I shared a couple of months with them and they really liked it. And then I was like, this could be something, you know, like, I, I don't know that it kind of resonated with them. And a lot of it had to do with um, the mental health aspect. And as I started to reread, so after every month I would go through and reread and like do a little editing and I was like, okay, I'm writing a lot about my mental health. So that's kind of where the whole anxiety diaries that's where the title came from um because I realized maybe like halfway into it I'm like okay I'm focusing a lot on my anxiety and it was just very interesting to see that it really even though this is my diary it it's telling a, a complete story you really see me trying to do things and be independent and then I really hit a low point and I kind of spiral for a while and then you know the ending is a little bit better and I just decided that it's, it's good for me to, instead of being ashamed about what I was going through, because for the longest time, I was very ashamed about having anxiety and letting it control me. This was kind of me like taking my power back and saying, yes, I have anxiety. This is what I've gone through. These are the mistakes I've made, but I'm, I'm okay now. And I'm still dealing with it, but, you know, I'm still, I'm still here. And I know that I'm not the only person going through this. So that was, that was a big, um, that was a lot of encouragement for me. Like when I started writing about everything I'm going through on social media, and then I'm hearing all these people that are going through it too. Can you read something from the Anxiety Diaries for us, please? So this is the synopsis. What will everybody think? 2019 was the worst year of my life, and I can't believe I'm sharing this devastating journey with the world. There are moments in life that can make or break us, and that year was mine, shaping, shaping me into who I am for better and worse. I came close to giving up, I made a near-fatal mistake, and I spent too many moments terrified of my own thoughts. When I started this experiment to write every day, I simply thought I would be recording the mundane life of a mother, wife, and struggling writer. And yes, I considered the fact that my family and friends and anybody else who read this diary, my diary, would have access to to my most intimate fears, hopes, and thoughts, and maybe even an embarrassing moment or two. But I never predicted that I would be providing a detailed account of my struggle with my mental health. I had no idea the anxiety that only ever played a minor role in my life would make its debut as the starring antagonist, or the obsessive thoughts and irrational fears that were always real to me would be given new life on its pages. But as nightmarish as the ordeal was, allowing readers to have a piece of my soul is even more frightening. Publishing my diary may be the bravest thing I've ever done. This is my story. I have no regret. You can grab your own copy of The Anxiety Diaries on Amazon in both print and Kindle.
and it's also on so many different platforms online um barnesandnoble.com apple books like hundreds of of outlets it's anywhere everywhere to find out more about dana mawakil and the anxiety diaries i have a page the anxiety diaries i mostly hang out on instagram um you can find me by searching my name dana mawakil or my username is does anyone write letters anymore I also have a website, theanxietydiaries.com. I just hope other people know that they're not alone, especially if they're dealing with any type of mental illness. Um, You know, I'm here. You know, you can talk to me, seriously. You're not alone in your journey. That's our episode. You can follow Tiger Lily Communications on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Or email us at tigerlilycommunications at mail, just mail, dot com to let us know what you think. By the way, the original music you hear is called Please Irene by Lynn Riley and the World Mix. Check out some of their past performances on their YouTube channel. Hope to catch you again soon. Stay safe out there. Mm-hmm.